as soon as we hit the road, you know, we, we you know, we, very quickly, we just realized like we can't go back. <laughs> this is this is too much fun. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 31. Jamie and John Serbo built their beloved van named Nomi with the idea of doing one last adventure before settling down. But as soon as they hit the road, it was clear that they were in love with the van life and quickly saw it as not just a temporary way of living. In this conversation, we'll learn how Jamie and John look at the nomadic lifestyle and how they determine where to travel. In addition, Jamie and John have put together an amazing free resource to help other aspiring van dwellers build out their rigs. If you're curious about what it takes to live the van life, stick around for this interview. Before we hear it, though, I want to give a quick shout out to a listener named Chad who said... Your podcast is so informative and well put together. Just when I start to think of questions in my head, you ask them. I can't wait for many more episodes. Well, Chad, I really appreciate it. And if you like what you hear on the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, please consider rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help more people find the show, and you never know, I might just give you a shout out. Also, I wanted to let you know that I'm on Instagram. I share photos from my tiny house here in Vermont, as well as stories and teasers for upcoming episodes of this show. I'd love it if you followed me. I'm at Ethan Waldman. That's at E-T-H-A-N-W-A-L-D-M-A-N. All right, let's get to our interview with Jamie and John from Nomad Home. All right. Today, my guests are Jamie and John from Nomad Home. They left the stability of their nine-to-five life in the burbs for the unpredictable life of adventure living out of a 1996 Chevy Express van they built into a tiny house. Their passion is helping others, so they built a website that shows others how they too can build their own adventure mobile to pursue whatever dreams and goals they have for themselves. Jamie and John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for being here. And I love your story. I encourage people to go to your website and kind of read the About Us page um, and how you thought that living in a van would just be kind of a temporary thing. But then you fell in love with the lifestyle and decided to just become full-time nomads. And I was curious if there was a, a particular experience that convinced you, that made you be like, okay, we just have to do this full time. I think it was honestly like the second we hit the road because I, th- yeah. I think uh, beforehand, you know, we had kind of conceived of it as like a one year, you know, break from our, our real lives, if you will. And, uh, you know, just like before we really get into, you know, the career thing and, uh, you know, dive deeper than we already are, let's, let's just go travel for a year. And, uh, you know, originally we, we had thought of doing like a backpacking trip abroad and then we uh, we got our dogs, and we decided to do something that we could take them you know, with us. Yeah, take them along, and uh, and uh, that that really kind of morphed it through the process of like selling everything we owned, and uh, and then finding out about van life. It, it kind of morphed into like, you know, this is less of a trip and more of like a lifestyle change. And then as soon as we hit the road, you know, we, we you know very quickly we just realized like we can't go back <laughs> this is this is too much fun yeah within the we uh 
the first year on the road, we rented out our house in case van the living in the van figuratively or literally crashed in our faces. And so within the first week of being on the road and just the enjoyment of having the flexibility of where do we want to go next? What do we want to do today? Um, we were like, okay, yeah, let's get rid of that house. We don't need it. <laughs> so you were, you were fairly deep into the, the kind of American dream, quote unquote, you, you owned a house. Oh we yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. Nine to five jobs owned a two story, three bedroom house that we were about to fill with kids and, yeah, and we had, uh, you know, just all, all the belongings, just all the stuff, um, you know, just the whole nine yards. And, uh, yeah, so we, we were pretty deep into it. And that, that was kind of the big uh, the big mental hurdle is, you know, like we, we can't do something this drastic because we have all these all these things, all the, you know, the house and everything inside of it. And, and you know, it kind of weighs, you know, weighs you down in a, in a very, you know, real sense. And uh, that was kind of the big turning point for us is when we realized, well, what if we just didn't have all of this stuff? Uh, you know, then then we wouldn't we wouldn't be tied down. We could kind of do whatever you know whatever we wanted there. What was the hardest thing to get rid of? Um, the one that we thought was going to be the hardest was our couch because that was our first big expensive investment together. Um, for one of our first apartments, we got this huge sectional couch. And our dog was obsessed with it. She would lay on it, look out the window. It was super comfortable. We'd sleep on it sometimes. And uh, so that was one of the last things we decided to get rid of. And we were beforehand, we were like, oh, it's going to be so sad when it walks out the door. And then when it walked out the door, neither of us felt sad. <laughs> and we were like, okay, so now what? <laughs> yeah, we we knew we were going to get rid of it. But like it, it we saved it till the very end because we had this kind of weird emotional attachment to it. And also, you know, we needed a couch while we were still living in our house. So, uh, <laughs> something to sit on, but yeah, like once it, you know, we discovered really quickly once we started selling everything is that, you know, you think you're going to miss something. And then once it's gone, you really don't like we, we don't miss any of the things that we used to own. Yeah. And we had uh, like boxes and or not boxes, but we had like lists and lists and lists of things that we were going to keep. And once we started getting rid of stuff, those lists got shorter and shorter and shorter. And then we're just eventually depleted because once we got in the rhythm of getting rid of things and feeling like as soon as each item walked out of the house, it was like you just felt something lifted off of you and you felt lighter and lighter and lighter. So it just got easier and easier and easier to be like, you know, what, never mind. We don't need to keep that. That can go too. Have you since sold the house as well? We did. We, did. we sold it this past April. Wow. Congrats. Woo! How do you define a nomadic lifestyle? And I guess what I mean is kind of what determines how long you stay in one place and, and where you go next? You know, that really varies. It does. Um, you know, like uh, we have kind of different periods and, uh, you know, other people kind of do things differently as well. But, uh, you know, we've been in places for, you know, as short as a few hours and as long as, what, a month? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we've uh, like the fir our first year on the road, it, it was, you know, we were still just getting used to being out there. So it was very go, go, go for us. You know, we wanted to see a lot. Um, 
we have a lot of friends and family scattered all over the country. So we were visiting people. Yeah, we were just kind of hopping from one commitment to the next. Like, oh, let's go visit this person. And then that person's three hours away. Then we'll visit them. And then there's this concert here. So then we'll go to that. So we were just like going, 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 going. And now this past year, we decided like, let's not make any commitments and Mm -hmm. just sort of, you know, what we have like very, very little commitments this year, but it's like, we'll have a commitment two months away. So we have two months to travel, you know, eight hours or something like that. Um, So then we'll like, we don't post up at a KOA for two months or anything, but we'll stay at like a national forest until we run out of water. Then we'll restock water and go, go boondock somewhere else until we run out of water kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've really slowed it down this year and, you know, we'll try to stay like, you know, we'll find a nice spot to camp, um, typically in the, in the forest or, uh, somewhere out in nature and we'll stay for, you know, four or five days or so, which is about, about as long as our water will last at this point. And, uh, but from a broader picture, what, what really determines like where we go when is, is honestly the weather. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll follow, you know, living in a van, we don't necessarily have like air conditioning or, uh, yeah. Or, or like the, the type of heat that you would in a house. So like, you know, we're a little more at the, uh, the mercy of the elements. So we'll try to, uh, plus we have dogs, so we need to make sure that they're comfortable. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look for, you know, try to stay out of areas that are, that are in winter and try to stay out of areas that are too hot. Uh, so this summer we spent a lot of time at like high elevation locations, like uh, kind of on the tops of mountains in, uh, in Utah and Colorado and uh, Idaho. Um, and uh, this winter, our, our plan, we're going to spend most of our time down in the Southwest where it'll, it'll be warmer than it is uh, up North where we are right now. And to answer your question, as far as like what makes you nomadic, I would say just the, uh, not really being tied down to one location and being able to up and go whenever you wish. Cause like we consider ourselves nomadic, but at the same time, when we visited my mom, we stayed with her for a month. So people would argue you're not nomadic. You're crashing at your mom's. But if we wanted to, we could have left at any time that we wanted to. Um, and you know, we were originally living in St. Louis and my mom lived in Raleigh and before we would have had to, you know, take off vacation days and, you know, Mm -hmm. hardcore schedule all of this time and money just to go visit my mom. Whereas now literally whenever we want, we can go visit my mom and we could visit her for a day or we could visit her for a month or whatever. So I think just having the capabilities to up and go whenever you want with all of your belongings is sort of what kind of sticks (laughs) to being nomadic. Um, in my opinion. So it seems like the van is uniquely suited to your lifestyle. And I was going to ask this question, you know, did you consider a tiny house on wheels or a schoolie? And why did you go with the van ultimately? Um, so I think we were, so when we were first looking into it, we were reading a lot of like, you want to be stealth, you want to be stealth, you want to be stealth. Um, So that's why we were aiming towards van, probably, is that we were thinking, you know, we want to be able to, because you can't really post up a schoolie in the suburbs of Chicago um, without being too noticeable. Um, But with a van, it's a little bit easier. But then the ironic part is that we, like, hate cities and we're never in cities. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I just, I think that's why we initially went towards the van route is for the option of a little bit more stealth ability. Well, plus we, we, you know, we saw, um, I think, you know, what really got us into the idea of that, you know, we can like make a permanent home on the road is honestly, like we had a friend, uh, you know, we were telling him kind of what we wanted to do. And he was, he basically said, Hey, just you look up van life on Instagram. And, you know, neither of us had Instagram or really used it. And uh, that, that's kind of what got us into it. So I think that was like the initial, the initial idea. It was like, Oh man, people are living in vans and look at what they're doing with those vans. That looks like, it looks awesome. Like, you know, you can have an entire kitchen and a bed and that looks like a really comfortable space. So we kind of really honed in on that. And we didn't really have the money for like, a larger van like a sprinter or a pro master or anything so our compromise was we john was pushing for a cargo van and i was like we're gonna want that extra headroom and storage and so we we luckily through like endless searching we found a high top conversion van just like a little over three hours from where we were living yeah, and I was looking at your cost breakdown and $1500 for a van with 100,000 miles on it seems like an amazing deal. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we we kind of you know, it's one of those deals that doesn't happen every day, I think. Like yeah. the uh the the woman who sold it to us, it was her father's and it was a wheelchair lift van and uh, he had uh, he had died the the the, for the year before, I think, and it was like a situation where they just had this van like sitting there and they just wanted to get rid of it basically and it had like a um, wheelchair lift in it um but it had the conversion stuff so it had the tv the mood lightings the bench in the back that folds down into a bed um but we ended up gutting the whole thing but yeah it was a steal and it it's interesting that you say that you know you were you wanted to be stealth at first because i feel like the conversion vans are anything but stealth right. yeah they are <laughs> but but they're more they're more stealthy than a tiny house on a trailer or a school bus. <laughs> or a VW, yeah, well. Volkswagen, yeah. <laughs> How much did your overall build cost? Um, so the build itself um, cost, uh, I think it was about like $6,600. Um, so, and that, that includes uh, like all the, all the materials, like all the wood, all the insulation, and all the screws and uh, wiring and all that kind of stuff. And then also um, our... Uh, our appliances so like we have a uh, a 12 volt fridge in here uh, we have like a you know stove a vent fan uh and then also all the off-grid capabilities so like the solar and the batteries and everything so that's all wrapped into and it was about yeah about sixty six hundred dollars that's incredible and then I'm, I'm actually now i'm on the page and so it looks like the van plus mechanical work plus the conversion costs were just over 10 grand right Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about ten grand in total. So the vehicle was, you know, just under four, and then the build was uh, just over six. Yeah, a little over six thousand. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, and it looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So initially, we were like, "This is going to be a year thing," but the more we started selling things and uh, planning out our build, we decided that in case this was going to be longer than a year, we really wanted it to feel like home. And so we, that includes like functionality of everything and just a little bit of character to it. Um, so that's why like everything has, a, has at least one purpose mm-hmm. in the van. Most things have multiple purposes. And then we also like, you know, have the paint and the cute artwork and, and the beautiful different stains of wood and stuff like that. Just to, instead of just like, you know, 
a, a bed in a van. We wanted to really come into the van and be like, oh, I feel like I'm home. I'm comfortable. Yeah, and it definitely feels like home in here. It does. Mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about it, is there anything that you would change? Probably a higher high top. Yeah, that's the that's kind of the the big. Well, I guess two things honestly, because uh, you know we're, we're thinking right now that um, about like future plans, and we know we're going to need a, a, a larger vehicle uh, at some point in the near future. But uh, you know, if we had like if the high top was a little bit higher, so I could stand. I can and, stand with John. Yeah. <laughs> And then also if we had an extended wheelbase, that's kind of the other thing. So ours is just the standard sized, uh, standard length van. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, you know, we, we could have had more, we could have more flexibility to uh, kind of modify our, our build for our future plans instead of having to upgrade the vehicle. Yeah, we have had a lot of people we've met in our travels that have followed us on social media or whatever. And when they see the van in person, they're always like, oh, wow, it's way smaller than I was, thought it was going to be. Yeah, the photos definitely make it look pretty spacious it feels spacious on the inside it, does. it really does we've fit like but, eight people in here for dinner once so yeah <laughs> awesome the outside you know it's it's just like your standard size like chevy express van it's it's not it's not not the uh, the long 15 passenger version or anything like that so right. yeah people are people are surprised that you know what we're able to fit in in such a small space do you think you would do another conversion van or would you be looking toward the the euro van like the sprinter style i think we're leaning towards uh another american van with a high top probably like an an extended van with a high high top um just because we really like how basically any mechanic can work on them and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg if you need to do some work on it as well um and, and the euro vans are, are really nice um and they you know they, they're they're definitely the biggest vans out there on the market so that's one thing that's nice about them but they're also, you know, they're newer, so they also tend to be quite a bit more expensive. And, uh, you know, you can find like an older American van with, uh, y- you know, and you either put on your own high top or, or one with like, they, they, they make some that are pretty massive, like RV bubble tops Yeah. Um, that are pretty cool. But uh, our buddy has like a Ford Econoline that he got for like 700 and then he added a high top for 750 So, you know, under... Under fifteen hundred for and and his high top is huge. Like John mm-hmm. can stand in it, um, and it's really long as well. So, um, just pr- I mean we we've always been uh, what is it frugal? I guess um, we're pretty cheap people. So if there's a cheaper option than a Sprinter, then we're probably leaning towards it. Yeah, that I mean it makes sense. Why not stretch your money a little bit further and do it for less? It seems like these vans are built to last, like they're built as work vehicles, as utility vehicles. But I guess for me in the Northeast, it's a matter of finding one that A, isn't completely rusted and B, just hasn't been completely abused, you know, a life of of heavy lifting and construction. It sounds like it's almost better to seek out something that was already being used as a recreation vehicle because those things don't get used like a work truck does yeah exactly like the uh the work cargo vans like you know businesses buy those and they just hold on to them for years and they just beat them up and put tons of miles on them and you know when you do find low mileage ones on the market they they you know they tend to cost more than uh 
than conversion vans. And, and, you know, yeah, like, like ours is it's, you know, originally a recreation van. Um, and, uh, these types of vehicles, people normally just use, you know, a couple times a year, maybe for like a road trip or something. And then the rest of the, you know, they're, they're very rarely people's daily drivers, like a, like a work van is. So you can, you can often find uh conversion vans that are, you know, they might be like a couple decades old or, you know, 10, 15 years old or so, but they're, you know, you can find them for fairly low mileage and for a pretty, pretty low price compared to other vans out there. So that's a great segue into talking about your, I, I hesitate to just call it a web page because it, it feels more substantial than that. The, the build your van page on your website. Um, have you, do you continually add to it or is this something that you created and you just kind of leave out there? Like, tell me about this page. Um, so it started with the idea of us wanting to create a one-stop shop of people jumping. Our website in general started with the idea of when we were building our van, we could find a bunch of information on how to build a van on YouTube. And then the written content we were finding were either specific to one person's build or it was outdated. So we decided, uh, you know, we've always been good at like writing and researching, et cetera. So we were like, let's build a, a platform where people can go to and have like a one-stop shop for their build questions. Yeah, we definitely saw like a gap in the information that was out there. You know, we, we did a ton of research when we were building our van and uh, there, there were some like fairly basic questions, just like, you know, how, how to hook up our solar system and, and, uh, you know, how, how to like, install certain things and you know, how to insulate a van. And what fridge like, do I need? Yeah. Like the fridge question that like, you know, we, uh, you know, that, that there just wasn't a ton of information out there that we could find. And we had to do like a lot of research and a lot of our own kind of game planning. So, you know, we thought it would, it would be fun to like chronicle our build, but then also, put everything we've learned and everything that we're still learning out there to make it easier for, for other people who are doing this. So the build your van page was the beginning. Uh, that was the first large piece that we created. Well, I guess the, ele- electrical. the electrical. Post, yeah. we, ma- we made a post on electrical of like just what everything means and how to hook it up. And, you know, this plugs into this and this is what this does. And then this plugs into that. And that's what that does kind of thing. But then after that, the Build Your Rig page was uh, our first big piece that we put up there with the idea of just that page being a one-stop shop. So I want to build a van. I don't know where to start. You go to the page, and it just right from the beginning, it's here's all the pros and cons of your van options. Here's all of your lighting options and pros and cons. Here's all your stove options, pros and cons. Here's all your fridge options, pros and cons. And then we just kind of like went on, went on, went on trying to think of all the different categories that, that were most important. So we don't have like the best awnings on that page, but it's the, the basics of everything. And we wanted to cover, uh, stuff for everyone. So if you're trying to do everything as cheap as possible on the stove section, we might mention this like $2,000 stove oven option, but we're also going to tell you that you can also just get a jet boil. <laughs> um, or a Coleman stove. Or a Coleman stove, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so we wanted to make sure that there was something out there for every price range. And and we also wanted to make sure that we had pros and cons of each so that people knew that, hey, if you get this, this is great, but keep in mind there's this too. Yeah, and, and we do keep it updated. It's, it's uh, I mean, we... we 
have some updates that we need to make to it right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's intended to be a living page. So as you know, we, we learn more or uh, there's uh, new things coming out, you know, we'll, we'll add to it. And uh, so it's kind of like your, your one stop, like broad summary of like how you build a van. And then it also jumps off to like uh, resources, either like other posts we've written with more detail about exactly how to do a certain thing or, or, or uh, resources on other blogs that we think are really helpful. So it's kind of just like a big hub page for how to build a van. Yeah. And then from that, we've started, uh, it inspired us to dig a little bit further on these topics as well. So on the Build Your Rig page, we have you know, quick, quick options for fridge, pros and cons, most expensive, medium range, some cheaper options, etc. Um, and then at the bottom of that, there's a link to a blog post that we recently put out. And it's a very detailed blog post on everything that you would need to know about refrigeration for a van, 12 volt refrigeration in a van. Um, and so the build your van page we didn't want to make it too too big so it kind of helped inspire us to make these additional blog posts where it's like are you really wanting to learn more about this topic sweet check out this blog post we kind of like dug way more into detail about it so we have one on uh you know our solar setup we have one on your refrigeration options one on your inverter options one on your insulation options and they're just like these mega detailed posts that should the the idea was so that I could build a van if John weren't here with me. <laughs> um, so it's literally like a build build your van for dummies kind of thing. <laughs> it's really it's really comprehensive, and I, I've looked at it several times, and every time I'm like, wow, they even go into this incredible. I'm curious, have you heard from people who have used it and completed their vans? Oh, yeah. We, we've met several people who have also. Yeah. Which is, is a little bit trippy, to be honest. Like, we'll, uh, like we we, uh, we hosted a, a Midwest fan life gathering back in May, and uh, there there were several people there who had, you know, built their vans from our site. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pop in there, and they've got, like, the same lights and the same stove. And, and they'll like, give us of, a tour of, like, I got yeah. this from your website and this from your website. And it's like, wow. Yeah, and it's it's really like a like a kind of kind of surreal, and then also very humbling that like you know people are are really using the information we're putting out there, and it, it really makes us want to like you know do the best we can with this yeah. because uh, you know you know people people are trusting what we're saying. So, so I, I see on the page that um, one of the extras that you um mentioned is the the mr buddy propane heater have you spent time in like wintry places in the van and has it been livable we have yeah we actually um so we have insulation on our ceiling and walls and just reflectix on the floor and then we have insulated curtains and we stayed we have stayed in places that have been like freezing temps like single digit temps and we've turned the mr buddy on and we'll get the inside of the van up to like 50-ish, 50-60. And then we'll go to bed. We have a nice warm rumple blanket. We have two dogs. They keep us warm. Uh, we, we turn the heater off when we go to bed. Um, but we'll wake up the next day and it'll it'll be in like, you know, the 40s. Yeah, we don't have, uh, we haven't spent like a ton of like a long-term time in, in wintry temperatures. 
And uh, if, if we were planning to, we, we probably would have, uh, you know, put a little more insulation in our van than we did. But, uh, you know, because that, that's the kind of the thing is that, like, you know, no matter how well you insulate it, insulate a van, um, you know, it, you, there needs to be some kind of an active heating source as well if you're, uh, you're going to be in, like, super cold temperatures for a long period of time. And we found the Mr. Buddy's great just for kind of, you know, boosting the temperature in here. And then our, our body heat um is able to maintain it but yeah it, it does it will dip down into about the 40s but it won't really go below that just because our, our body heats or you know puts out enough heating energy to keep and keep everything in here warm i feel like that's one of the kind of nice things in a diesel van is those diesel like cabin heaters that basically can pull from your fuel your one tank yeah is there anything like that for for gasoline um powered vans there are we actually met some people we went to a big van gathering uh last weekend and uh we we met uh, one person who had a a gasoline version of that same heater but i I don't think they're really sold in the u.s they said they had to order it from europe and i think they're quite expensive yeah, he made it sound like it was it was quite the adventure finding it and getting it. Yeah, but there's also, you know, there's other options. Like what we would probably do or what probably will do on our next vehicle is, is uh, look into those like miniature wooden stoves that they they have and, uh, you know, market for tiny houses, but kind of see if we can work those into a van. We've seen them in a VW before, so mm-hmm. we could definitely do it. <laughs> Yeah, they make some really tiny wood stoves, and that would that would be really cozy. I'm sure you'd get the van way hotter than than 50. Yeah, and, oh, and, yeah. and the good thing too is they put out dry heat because that's that's definitely a real a real thing you need to worry about in the winter time, especially is uh, condensation, um, uh, and, and the inside of your van. And you know, the Mister Buddy does not put out dry heat, so you, you know you might have condensation to deal with. Um, whereas like the, the wood stove, you won't you won't run into that problem. So I'm curious um, how. How do you earn income on the road? How do you pay for your adventures? Um, honestly, it's it's all of the research and work that we do in our website. We own multiple websites, but our main source of income is our Nomad Home Van website, um, which ironically enough was not the plan. The plan was that would just be a fun website and then our other websites would be our main source of income. But we ended up just sort of following the passion and the passion was the van blog. And it was just one of those, like almost anything, the more we put into it, the more we got out sort of thing. Yeah. Before, before we hit the road, um, you know, as soon as I basically started working uh, my office job, I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, I kind of started, was starting to look into like ways to, you know, for us to make money, without a job, you know, like what kind of businesses we could start and, uh, and, and particularly in like the online space, like the location independent type of businesses. And, uh, so, you know, I learned a lot about, uh, building like content websites, like helpful websites and, uh, you know, ranking them in Google and, and all that. And, uh, we actually started like a different site, um, a little, like two, about two and a half years ago. And the kind of the plan was to build that one and that would be kind of, you know, hopefully sustain us on the road. And then we started our our van uh, site Nomad Home just purely for fun and just out of just like, you know, passion. And, you know, I, I, you know, we didn't think it would do anything uh, from the income side. And then, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it it started taking off and uh, um, yeah, people started really responding to it. And then, you know, we just like, you know, really put our heart and soul into it. 
and uh, so now we have that and uh, our, our other side as well, and they're able to um, provide us with enough of an income to live on the road. And it took a while, though. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, we started building Nomad Home in October of 2016, and then our other site we started building in April of 2016. April of 2016, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until September of 2017 that our income surpassed our expenses. So it did take a lot of time and work, but now it's paying off. Well, one thing that I like to ask all of my guests um, is what are two or three resources? So, you know, like books, websites, movies, things that inspired you on your tiny house slash tiny van journey. Well, honestly, I think one that was really inspiring to push me on board with all of this was following where's my office now on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they, uh, they live in a Volkswagen and they've been doing it for, I want to say six years at least now. Um, but it's Corey and Emily and their dogs, Penny and Bella. Um, but we started following them when we first heard about van life and, uh, they, they post a lot of the, like, we're in this really beautiful spot in the woods and, stuff like that but that was really inspiring to me to be like oh look at what we could be doing um and and they they were in the same boat where they had like student loans and you know they were they had been working their you know certain jobs that they fell into and then finally they were like you know what this isn't for us and then they pursued online work and moved into a van um, so there was just a lot about, and, and it's cool cause we're like friends now. <laughs> we worked on a farm with them last year and now we just like hang out. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were a really big inspiration of like, po- uh, the positive side of van life. Cause it's not always easy. It's not always pretty and fun, but they, they do a really good job at being like, you know, with the right attitude, it can be pretty and fun a lot of the time. And then from the the van build side, um, one, I think the like the the website that immediately comes to mind for me is uh, vandogtraveler.com. dot uh, com. It's uh, he's I think he's British, but he uh, he uh, you know kind of did something similar to what we did, where he like kind of chronicled his build, and then he also has an ebook about uh, with a little more detail, and then he just came out with another book just about living in a van, but. Uh, his website just really kind of um, breaks it down and it, 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 not all of it is totally relevant to people in the U S or, uh, um, or uh, even nowadays, like it's uh, you know, some of it can be a bit outdated, but just like, just seeing like, you know, really just breaking down, like, here's what you do. Um, here's like why you may want to do this versus this was like really kind of inspiring to, to me thinking that like, Hey, this is actually something that we might, be able to accomplish and then another one on the van build side was a youtube channel into the mystery 13 um his name's judd and uh he he just had a lot of really um detailed and explanatory build videos um and he's like real about it too like you know he'll be yeah. explaining how he did this and then he'll drop his camera yeah you'll you'll, wa- you'll watch him like screw things up and he'll just like be cursing and then like <laughs> you know so that that was kind of cool like watching you know watching like a and he's built his van like three times now Something he's like, like rebuilt that, it yeah. but uh just like the uh 
kind of just the different like little innovations and then um you and know he comes across a lot of really cool ideas and he'll try to like incorporate it into his build and he'll explain to you how it works and how he did it and so it was just really we got a lot of our ideas from him honestly i'm curious you i've heard you both mention things getting outdated i'm curious can you give me an example of like some things like what what has changed in building out vans that the information would become outdated well, uh, so two things, I think like, uh, n- like new products are coming out. So, uh, you know, you'll hear like people talking about, uh, like in, you know, older blogs or videos, uh, discussing like, uh, you know, products that are like n- either no longer available or there's like a newer, better version out is one thing. And then also, uh, just generally the knowledge, um, that, uh, you know, the, the average like van builder has, has definitely increased. Um, so, you know, if you'll read blogs from, you know, three, four years ago or something like uh, most people will tell you when you're insulating your van to just put like Reflectix up on the walls and then put your walls right over it and that's all you need. And, uh, you know, the, the, they'll, you know, basically tell you that Reflectix is this great insulation. And then in reality, what, uh, you know, people have since discovered and which, uh, never was really a secret, but it was just kind of a lot of misinformation floating out there is that Reflectix is not actually insulation. It's a radiant barrier and it needs an air gap. And there was just kind of a lot of misunderstanding and confusion about how, how best to do something. So really, really just like the updated knowledge is, is, a uh, is a big thing. Jamie and John, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. This was really fun, and uh, I can't wait to keep following your adventures. Yeah, thanks so much for having us again. Yeah, definitely. It was great. Thank you so much to Jamie and John Serbel for being guests on today's show. You can find the episode notes, including the links to the resources mentioned at thetinyhouse.net slash 031. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Ethan Waldman for teasers and previews of upcoming episodes, as well as photos from my tiny house here in Vermont. The snow is going to start flying soon. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast so you can get each new episode every Friday when it comes out. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.